Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And taking a drink of water was Mike Templeton. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, this Ooh. week we're going to be talking about some more City at War. It's going to be parts 8, 9, and 10, which are issues 57, 58, and 59. We're getting better at that, man. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm We're towards the end of the city at war. Yes, this is will be our penultimate city at war episode. Yeah, penultimate means one before the final one, right? Yeah. Okay, all right. I gotta stop using it incorrectly then, I guess. I just really like the word penultimate. <laughs> penultimate. Yeah, it's the last time you put your pen to paper, right? So it's the final one. Penultimate. Yeah, yeah. All right, no, that makes sense. But see, that's not what it is, though. It's the second to last one. Yeah. That's that's my problem. I use it incorrectly. Anyway, sorry, I'm throwing this off. But oh, you're good. I, <laughs> I like using I like using that word too. I, I always I have like a list of words in my brain that I think are good words that I like to use whenever. Yeah. Penultimate diatribe, you know. <laughs> Epinimus is another good word that I like to pull out whenever I can. What is it? Epinimus. It just means self-titled. Like it means it's you know named after. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that eponymous? Yeah, and so, so if you're ever talking about an album like, you know, Weezer or something like that, then, you know, Weezer has a lot of eponymous albums, eponymous, eponymous, eponymous. I'm probably saying it wrong now, saying it out loud. It's probably See, eponymous, like Mike said, and I just didn't know how to say it. I always it. thought it was <laughs> epimonious, so maybe, maybe we're just all wrong. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I always heard that, you know, never make fun of somebody for pronouncing something wrong because that, it mean, that means at least they're, they're reading it. Yeah, yeah they've read it in a book <laughs> yeah like they, they've at least like read it and tried to sound it out so like I, i'll never pick up somebody for mispronouncing something yeah okay so yeah i think it's eponymous eponymous like like hippopotamus, mm-hmm. hippopotamus. yes okay so like I, the eponymous the eponymous hippopotamus yeah it's just apparently i'm dyslexic and the i keep putting the y in place of the o and <laughs> it's all over the place. you don't have to make excuses it's fine it's oh fine. i i know it is fine i'm just happy that you're able to work that word into your daily vocabulary because it's never happened for me <laughs> one of these days I'll, I'll figure it out just just whenever you talk about music with people if you ever listen to a band that's named their album the band name that's when you can yeah. use anonymous you know the hippopotamus album i don't know what i'm saying yeah <laughs> <laughs> the teenage mutant ninja turtles in the in their eponymous comic book Teenage people. Ah, there we go. If they wrote it, that would work. But anyway, ah, well, it's still a segue. I know how to pronounce it. I don't know how to use it. Anyway, <laughs> let me tell you a story. Perhaps I can best explain. 
The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. So, issue number 57, City at War Part 8, was released in March of 1993. Story is by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, script by Jim Lawson and Peter Laird, pencils by Jim Lawson, inks by Keith Aiken, and letters by Mary Kelleher. I'm going to split up our story again this week, just by people and their storyline. So the Turtles arrange to meet up with Karai, and she ends up cutting them a deal. They can help her eliminate Shredder's elite guard and have a clean slate with the Foot, or they can remain enemies with the Foot Clan. After that, the Foot Elite attack one of the Foot outposts. Uh, it's the, specifically the one that was spying on the Turtles and getting info on them. They get they pick up that info and those pictures of the Turtles and then head out in search of them. In Casey's story, Casey and Gabe are looking to get a home to move into together because Gabe is very, very pregnant now. April uh, attends her father's funeral, and then she decides she needs to go back to New York and face her problems. Splinter uh, ends up having this like nightmare where the Rat King appears to him as a giant rat monster and is about to attack him for not accepting his rule. But then Splinter wakes up from it, and then he quickly picks up a rat and scarfs it down. The Rat King is very pleased with this. The end. And finishing off this trilogy of issues uh, is issue 59, originally published in 1993, uh, covered by AC Farley, Kevin and Peter on the story, Peter and Jim on the script, Jim on pencils, Keith Aiken on the inks. Uh, so it looks like, you know, he owned, that other guy only did one issue. Uh, Mary Keller on the letters. The Turtles are working on some sort of mechanical project as Karai leads a band of foot soldiers on patrol. A foot elite spots them and, no and is shocked because he noticed one of them looks like the Shredder. The immigrant is standing in the hospital watching TV news again, and once again, it features stories of political strife. The man leaves the room with the assistance of his walker. Casey's at the diner where he had met Gabby, uh, depress depressingly nursing a cup of coffee. Suddenly, a car screeches into the parking lot. It's Casey's Chevy. The cook calls out to Casey, asks Casey if he should call the cops, but Casey tells him he'll take care of it. Casey goes out and beats the crap out of the two thieves and then gets his car back. Splinter, fully healed, is exploring the bottom of the huge silo that he's been trapped in. As he searches for a way out, he comes across the skeletal remains of the Rat King. Ah, once more the universe allows a glimpse of its myriad wonders, its imponderable mysteries the sensei decrees yet it is ever so from life death and from death life invigorated splinter uses his ninja master skills to climb the sheer brick wall of the silo ultimately achieving his freedom casey's driving his chevy with a baby in tow in the, in the front seat he's named her shadow robert and april are visiting visiting the burned out remains of the second time around store. Robin is distraught to see the old place filled with so many wonderful childhood memories reduced to ashes. I hate seeing it like this, Robin says. Growing up, there was so much life here. I know, April says. Now it just looks like death. Maybe it's better that it'll be torn down. I mean, everything passes, right, April? Yeah, seems like nothing's permanent. Robin asks April what she plans to do, but April isn't sure. And without the sisters part ways as Robin has to get back to California. 
Before she leaves, April hears a noise from the decrepit structure, but sees nothing. Hmm. Probably a, the wind or a rat. A rat, she sighs. Inside the building, Mikey is watching April drive off. The turtles are meeting with Karai and her soldiers. Raph demands to know why Karai called him there. Karai is the uh, foot soldier that's dressed up as the Shredder, and the clan leader tells him that she was curious to see the place, as it holds so much significance to the events that all led them here to their current destiny. Mikey and Raph don't like being in the building, especially since it was the foot who burned it down. Leo bends down and finds a photograph of Casey and April in happier times, and he folds it and puts it in his belt for safekeeping. Enough reminiscing, Leo says. We have a job to do and scores to settle. Let's move on, Karai states. Just then, a crack of lightning and foot elite soldiers appear through the roof. Dun, dun, dun. What a cliffhanger, am I right? Yeah, this is a good place to end. Yeah, yeah like that that was a pretty shocking uh, place to end that issue. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's oh man. The the fight there is is super, super cool. You mean but, the fight that we haven't that I haven't seen yet? The fight that you haven't seen yet that we're gonna be covering next week. It's it's got a spoiler alert for me. Spoiler yeah. alert, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> we have been saying how amazing this whole mm. thing is for like a month. So <laughs> continued spoilers. <laughs> But I guess before we get ahead of ourselves, we should go back over things a second time. In the second time around. <laughs> pause for dramatic effect. Yeah, was, was, that, was a, that was a heck of a pause. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll probably edit that out. No, no, no. Keep <laughs> Please it, don't. Keep it, it was fantastic. Okay. Hey, nice junk. All right. So issue 57, uh, the back cover, we get our first ad for the third Turtles movie which was kind of a shock to see. I kind of forget that this was being printed alongside that third movie. It's quite a dichotomy. Yeah, like, I've mentioned it the last couple of times. Like, it's so weird that this that these issues are so late in like Turtle Mania. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're, we're kind of past the peak of Turtle Mania at this point. Mm-hmm. Like the third, the third movie is kind of the symbol of the downturn, I think. Yeah, it's like 90 through 92 is really like, top-notch every kid had a toy you know yeah and well the other thing is is like that movie came out that like the same month as the first issue we went to 57 of this yes (laughs) they didn't do a great job uh promoting it beforehand yeah Yeah. i was was gonna say like (laughs) didn't even we don't even get an ad until this issue yeah Mm. just they think Maybe that'd keep things under wrap. You know, hype culture was just as big then as, uh, <laughs> as you, know, you know, Disney keeping everything a total secret. They were they were overdoing that <laughs> with Ninja Turtles three. I was thinking about it. Like we never we never saw one for Secret of the Ooze, and I kind of went back. There was only one ad for Secret of the Ooze, also, and it was in one of the guest era issues, so we wouldn't have seen it. But. Like for the first movie, it felt like there were like three or four or five issues that had ads in it. And the other two, they just like put one page, which yeah. I don't know what that means, but yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna put words in in the mouths of the people at Mirage Studios. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Speaking of uh in the opening editorial of this, the Mirage gang mentions that they had a brainstorming session at the Hotel Northampton, which you'll remember we asked if that was a real place back when we did uh the unmentionables issue 14 because that's where case you find some mobsters so it is a real place i totally remember that conversation yeah they they had a brainstorming session there and they decided that they were going to start with a new volume volume two 
after issue 62 and it'll be in color. So look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we'll be covering after city of war should be out any day. now. Right. <laughs> any day, 30 years ago. <laughs> but I got to say though, that like, I think the other reason why it's so hard to remember that like, or like just to picture that this came out at the same time as turtles three is not even just the tonal difference, but like, I know that when I discovered these issues was definitely way after, well, like, you know, these, these comics was way mm. after, you know, 1993, it was like, you know, 2000 and, you know, 10 or so, you know, probably about 2011 or 12 that I finally read these. And so like my, my brain puts me there when I'm reading mm. Yeah. That's when I first found them. So we also get confirmation that it's been a year since the turtles came back to New York. Yeah, Karai mentioned it's been a year since they killed Saki. Mm-hmm. And so oh, and and so that was the thing, it's like so Turtle Turtlepedia says that it's returned to New York. When I was reading it, I thought she meant for the first time. Oh, so for the first time that they killed the, Saki? Like, yeah, the first time they killed him in issue one. Oh no! It's been four years since that because uh, in Return to New York, the the last issue of that when Leo's confronting Saki, says, "I saw you die three years ago." So it's been about yeah. four years. So yeah, and rem- yeah, remember because they spent two years in freaking Northampton. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the the crazy uh, weird stuff happening, capital of the universe, Northampton. Right. Yeah. Northampton, Massachusetts. <laughs> but um it is so it feels like though the time because we i think we mentioned in the last episode that um like these issues are kind of happening roughly in real time mm-hmm. and so and so now we've kind of hit the point where everything is condensed yeah i think every issue is supposed to be a month but I, that would mean that like the foot elite mm-hmm. attacked and then they waited a month in the second time around before they actually fought. And then it's like, all right, uh, all right. It would mean that like meet back here in 10 days. Yeah. It would mean that the turtles, it would mean that the turtles didn't call Karai for a month. So like Leo was just chained up. Yeah, yeah, true. I, I think that was probably the original idea, but yeah, it's getting a little condensed. <laughs> you know, Leo's chained up. Should we call? Should we do it? We call. I'm sure he's okay. If only we had a leader to decide. Uh. And you know, and that's kind of funny. Is like, you know, in other turtle media, like we always have like Don, like Raph jockeying for leader. Um, except in '87, uh, and, and then like, it's I I've just noticed that like we don't get that here. Like every, like Leo is just definitively the leader no one ever challenges him for leadership they challenge his ideas mm-hmm. but like no one ever is like i would be a better leader than you yeah no no one ever tries to become i guess the leader of the group like like he is but at the same time yeah. like the only time it's ever like explicitly stated that he is viewed as as their leader is like return to new york when Raphael says he's not taking orders from him anymore and stuff like that yeah so i don't know it's... if it's ever totally been like you know one day they sat around and be like, all right, who do we make leader? Leo. Yeah. It's kind of more de facto than predetermined. Yeah. Kind Anything of cool from the uh, annotations on this one? I uh, no, I didn't really get much from this one. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get much either. It was more just kind of like Peter liked one of the spreads. Um 
And that was kind of that was kind of it. Yeah, and then talking about Turtles three being out at the same time. I mean, like Kevin talks about how you know incredibly busy he was at the time with Turtles three, Tundra, uh, you know, this like all of it going on. Yeah, busy guy. Yeah, had, his life had to have been nuts at that time. But other than that, yeah, there wasn't really a whole lot there. All right, should we move on to issue fifty eight? Yeah. All right. So. Uh, Opening editorial of this one, they mentioned that the Turtles are actively in three different crossovers. They're in Flaming Carrot, they'll be in the second issue of Savage Dragon, and a one-shot with Savage Dragon. And they're in the new Usagi Ojindo series. So Kevin Eastman's busy, and the Turtles are pretty busy, too. (laughs) Yeah, so I thought the Savage Dragon crossover happened after Volume 2. Is it during, is it after City Or? It was at least in the works. I don't know if what the actual because this is okay. So like 1993, like Image Comics is a thing at this point. Like this is this. I think this is their first year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 93 like, or 92. So like they're the hot thing right now. You want to be linked with Image. Yeah. Well, because I've got, I've got the issues that are the savage dragon crossover ones or at least the first parts that are the ninja turtle and you know the parts that were printed by mirage instead of image because they did that in a weird confusing way but yeah yeah it's really weird uh looks like september 93 93 okay oh because there's the first crossover and so that probably happened 93 and then i'm thinking of the second crossover which i think happens after volume two because I remember yeah. them saying, typical rookie was mistake. <laughs> yeah. So okay, uh, Savage Dragon number two is July of ninety-three. Uh, Savage Dragon Ninja Trolls crossover is September of ninety-three. TMNT and Savage Dragon number one is August of ninety-five. Ninety. Okay, that's yeah, what I'm so. <laughs> and then apparently they're also in issue twenty-two of the Savage Dragon, also ninety-five. So. Uh, we'll we'll have to dig up those those Savage Dragon crossover issues then for I, I bet they're probably in the Savage Dragon omnibus or something I don't know we'll try and cover them they gotta be yeah I don't know I don't know we'll have to find out uh, yeah <laughs> how possible that is always fun to revisit some nineties comics though gotta tell you I think I think I've seen them at my comic book store i know i've seen the flaming carrot issue so now i gotta so now i gotta go pick that up yeah i i have no idea how i'd get the flaming carrot issue so i'd have to look uh if there are multiple i will pick one up for both of you oh cool thank you only one so you'll have to share okay (laughs) i'll just send half just rip it down the middle send half to spencer and half to me and then we'll like exchange after that that's it (laughs) meet up and complete the issue together right right all three of us can have a piece like get together finally in person and hold yeah we'll do it like an episode of simpsons i'll get it every monday and thursday spencer you get it every tuesday and friday and mike get every wednesday and saturday and then yep that's how it goes by a random number we'll determine who gets on sunday (laughs) the only other the only thing i have for future 58 is that there's a triceratops on the lawyer's wall which I noticed that. Yeah. It's favorite dinosaur. Yeah. I noticed. Yeah. I noticed that too. I was like, Peter. And then, yeah, Peter does mention that in the annotations. He says, you got to love a lawyer with the frame picture of a triceratops. 
my favorite dinosaur on the wall of his office. All I'm saying is we need to see Triceratops around in places more often in Ninja Turtles. You know, another one of those homages that should exist. They're, they're kind of, yeah. I mean, they're kind of late. I mean, that's, isn't that why he has, why Raph has pepperoni? I mean, yeah, it's not a Triceratops, though. She's not, yeah, she, pepperoni's not it's a like Triceratops. A prototype but, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we are, we do have Triceratons, you know, because Peter Laird loves, loves. Yeah. Triceratops. Tri, I can't remember what they're called now. Triceratops. Triceratons? yeah those guys triceratops men from space the dinosaurs are three horns <laughs> so i don't know i was gonna kind of save this but so the truce is do you think that's the truce that they're referencing in the last ronin yes yes so then Karai would have had Hiroto at this point. I mean, so the last one doesn't take place in this same. No, no, no. I know, no, I know. I know it doesn't take place in in Mirage. Like it's it, but uh-huh. it's it. Out of all the turtle universes, it could fit in Mirage the easiest. Yes. No. Definitely. No. So, in fact, like I would say, it was probably originally written to be a Mirage story. Yes. Probably. So. I'm not, so I'm not saying like they all have to line up and everything, but it's like, like this is the first I've ever heard of Karai's daughter. And so, I mean, Hiroto would have had an older sister. Yeah. Yeah. But that was my first, that was my first D, like thing when I was like, when she's talking about the truce and I'm like, oh shit, it's the truce from the last round in. Yes. That's the one that was violated. Yeah. And that's like, that's the big mystery for me for the last round. And it was like, why did she violate that truce? Yeah, no, I would be the answer on that. But yeah, that's a question I keep asking too. But the thing is, and it's done incredibly popular, and so we probably will get more because Kevin Eastman and Tom Waltz, at least I think Tom Waltz back when we were talking to him said that you know, depending on how well it does, we could end we could, you know, end up with like prequels and maybe I can't remember if it was a Tom Waltz talking with us or if it was me listening to Kevin Eastman talk about mm-hmm. it. Uh else. I think we talked about it in our three hour interview with Tom Waltz that you can listen to on our uh, feed. Um, links in the description. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what sound effect a plug makes, but especially if you pop that in there right there. That'd yeah. Be great. <laughs> but, uh, but no, that, that was my, that was my first, like my first thought when I read that, I was like, Oh shit, that's the truth. That's, that's cool. The truth. Yep. Um, so it's, I don't know. I'd be okay with the last running being canon to Mirage, like as kind of as just a what if story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think one of the other things that makes it not canon is that Hiroto is Shredder and Karai's son. Yeah, Shredder's already oh. dead. So, well, that, well, it's not Shredder. Well, Karai's Shredder's daughter. I thought something yeah. that might be it. Yeah, but in this story, she's oh, not. Okay, his daughter. so that was an, okay. So that was another. That was another. Yeah, here it's not implied that she's his daughter no she's Uh, his boss yeah that's what that's what i was gonna say she's his boss like Mm -hmm. that threw me for a loop i had to like read that a couple times i was like wait a minute so she runs the foot and shredder was just you know the the one going off doing his own thing shredder was uh he was here the foot sent him here to start the foot in new york if i remember correctly yeah so and then, okay. So reporting to his boss and doing his own thing. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, he, okay. 
I get I so I get that. I get that. Did they send him here after Orokunagi? No, Orokunagi was already dead. No, 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 right. Because he came here. Oh, right? Hamato Yoshi? No. No, so Nagi was so... killed in Japan. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nagi was killed in Japan. Yoshi fled to America. Saki rose through the ranks of the foot. And when the foot expanded to New York, he was like the guy they chose. He saw, to lead got it. He saw yeah. his opportunity and killed yep. Yoshi then. Got it. Yep. Okay. He, oh, he established the foot and then uh, stopped talking to the New York branch because he got so enthralled in his blood feud with uh, Yoshi. And, and probably his criminal empire. Yeah. <laughs> Just goes to show you, revenge never works out. Yeah. That's one of the cool things. But the, the funny thing is that you're, you know, you being confused about Karai is, is funny because even Kevin Eastman gets confused about it in the annotation. Cause, yeah, because <laughs> I noticed that too. Yeah, he said that Shredder is Karai's father, uh, but that's not true in the Mirage story. Like, like no. not in not in this continuity. Yeah. Other I, otherwise, yeah, like otherwise, I could see like her being his daughter, and then just like he screwed up so royally when he like went off and did his own thing with the New York branch that she just out she just outranked him at one point. I can see that angle, but there's nothing to imply that she is his daughter in like in the story as of now. Well, yeah. there's, there's nothing to imply it, and like also that would mean that Shredder would have had to have been very old, like for. I her. mean, we also. Well, I mean, we don't. Know, I mean, Man. we don't know how old Shredder is, right? He's about thirty-five because he's eighteen okay, when so- he comes to New York, and then it's fifteen years or thirteen to fifteen years before he fights the turtles. Okay, so then we do know. <laughs> yeah, but then Karai has an adult daughter, so you know it, the timeline there. I mean, yeah, like that daughter. Out. That daughter at youngest is sixteen. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, uh, okay. So I, I don't, I, I wouldn't be so hard tied to those ages, but, but I know, but I, I am hard tied because I think it's cool that Karai is Shredder's boss and not his daughter. No, and, no, I do. Like I've I never do think really that. liked that in, in every other iteration. Like it just seems too easy, you know. I like the idea that Karai is the boss and Shredder was some rogue. No, yeah, I do like that angle better, and I kind of wish they would bring that back in some way. Yeah, really. Like her, her being his granddaughter, his granddaughter in IDW. Like that's. I think that's better than being his daughter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, no, I would have been, been nice if she was his boss in 2003, but you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that's definitely where it, you know, really starts kind of changing things up and, and shifting as far as, uh, you know, following comic book plot besides, you well, know, you know, she's not as, she's not his daughter in the 2007 movie either though. Uh-uh. No, she's, she's just, she's true. just in charge of, She's just in charge of the foot at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just another cool thing about that. And then 2012, she's Hamada Yoshi's daughter. Yeah. Man, spoilers. Come on. The show's only nine years old, Mike. <laughs> oh, wait till you get wait to let me spoil Rise for you then and Karai's appearance there. La 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 la. But yeah, I think I think I like it most when she's a villain and kind of like actually kind of stays in villain territory. Just because I feel like we're pretty short on Ninja Turtle villains. But yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't read her as a villain here, though. 
Like no, she's not, a she's, not she's not she's not good, uh-uh. but she's not like she's not like how the shredder was. Like she she's she's a businesswoman. She yeah, is she's here practical. She yeah, she's here to do business and do business only. Like, and if the turtles are a part of that business, cool. That's why she offers the truce. But like, yeah, like she could, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I think like my favorite version of her probably and like take on her is probably the IDW series where she kind of stays in, in villain territory. I mean, granted now she's not, but I, I like I like it when she spends the majority of time in, in villain territory, I guess is what I'm saying. Cool. All right. Are we ready for 59? Yeah. So uh, we've talked about this Mirage universe before. In this book, they kind of expand that idea. And they say that all their superhero books, so that's Bioneers by A.C. Farley, Xenotech by Michael Dooney, and Stupid Heroes by Peter Laird, those are all going to be in an imprint of Mirage called Next. So they'll all take place in a universe that's just slightly different from the Turtles, but it's a shared universe, so all three of those titles will be in the same universe, and they might cross over with the Turtles at some time. Uh, those books are going to run for three issues each and then have a crossover book called Maelstrom. Um, Super 90s, each comic is supposed to come with two trading cards and proofs of purchase that you can redeem for exclusive trading cards. Uh, as far as I know, none of that ever worked out. So <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, two or three Bioneers books came out and two or three Superheroes books came out, but I don't think uh, anything else ever came out. Man, what a tragedy. I know, but it is kind of cool. You know, we were talking about having a Mirage shared universe. Like, they were thinking about that, and they specifically put all their superhero books together and kind of left Turtles and Usagi out of it. I guess I'm... Mm. No, that's an anchovy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess I, had about, I, had to, I had to think about that one for a I second. Got, I got one more little Easter egg. The dog that attacks Casey. Oh, yeah. that I, I, re- I just read that. Oh yeah, it's it's Inky. It's a tattoos dog from TMNT Adventures. Oh, yeah, neat. I yeah. guess the the last thing that I'd bring up for second time around is that there was definitely this exploration in in the eighties and like especially like in the nineties of comic books where we kind of headed more into like the gray areas of things, and so it's kind of cool that Ninja Turtles does that, but it does it in a way that's like. It's not like just being edgy to be edgy. It's like very much having like a discussion and talking about the themes about it. And I, I'll probably get into it. And I love being a turtle, mm-hmm. uh, you know, more so than here. But I do think it's cool to point out that, you know, it is a, it is a 90s comic, but I feel like it does what a lot of 90s comics were trying to do much better than they were doing it. Um, this isn't really an anchovy. It's just something I noticed. But... It is something that's like, okay. Uh, the picture that Leo finds of April and Casey. He finds, yes. it at the, he finds it on the floor of second time around. This was in my anchovies too, yes. Oh, it's in your anchovies? Okay. Yeah. Go it's, ahead, it's go ahead really, though. It's not yeah. really an anchovy, but Casey doesn't meet April until they leave, like when the when second time around is burning down. Yeah. Right. So, like, where did the picture come from? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's cute, but it definitely is a bit out of continuity. There was this huge gust of wind. <laughs> I was, I was thinking, it would have been funny if April outside the store had it and it blew out of her hand into the store. Oh, see, I, that would I like have been to, funny. 
I like to think that Mike just had it in his belt and it fell out and then Leo found it and was like, oh, such sentiments. (laughs) (laughs) But like just went from one brother to the other. (laughs) Classically, classic Leo not even know, like not even realizing that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I just noticed that and that was a little weird. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, let's talk about some other weird things then in anchovies. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can't let you know. I don't have anything written for 57. I don't either. Anchovies. Like, I don't... It was, it was fine. Yeah. yeah it, other than, like, I think it was just the least issue that I cared about, I guess. Like, I don't know. Everything ramped up after this issue, but, yeah. Like, yeah. other than... It wasn't... It just didn't stay with me. Yeah, I definitely didn't feel like it was a perfect issue, but I also have nothing to say bad about it. So yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, for fifty-eight, my big anchovy was Cry's daughter. Like, I, and I looked it up. Apparently, she was in part seven. She had like one line, but like we barely seen her, and now Cry has a daughter and she's dead. It just kind of feels like it came out of nowhere to me. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, uh, but... that was my that was my biggest gripe with that. Yeah, in real life though, people do lose people, you know. And no, no, no. and I and I, I just said that. Yeah, like yeah. I, I get it. Like people lose people suddenly, but the thing is, is like this isn't real life. <laughs> this is a, this is a comic book that is written, and that is a trope that existed. Um, and it, I think it was a, a couple of years after this issue when it started to really get called out. Like the term fridging comes from. Uh, God, I can't remember who started the blog. It's Green Lantern. No, no, no. Oh, it's. No, no, uh, I, I know that's. I know that's when the trope was first called Gail out. Yeah. Was it? Was it Gail Simone who came Gail up with Simone. that? Yeah. 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 So Gail oh, the- Simone, like, yeah, that's who I was talking about. Gail Simone came up with the blog that tracked all of the women that are that have been fridged in comics. Mm-hmm. Women in refrigerators. I don't think it's a blog anymore. I think it's ransomware. So don't go. To uh, that, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah Um, but yeah that was that was that was my biggest thing like i i get it because like also we kind of just need gabby out of the story because she's you know not really a character but at the same time like it's still it's still kind of icky yeah i definitely think it would have been written differently nowadays right i i I hope it would be (laughs) i i hope it i hope it would be but like at the same time like i don't know because then it just feels like you always introduce her to die. Mm-hmm. That's and then that's how it winds up feeling. I mean, it's like Uncle Ben though, in, in Spider Man, like it's. But Uncle Ben like dies in the first issue. Like his his story, like is it is. You're right. It is kind of the same thing, but it's also like not the same thing because it's like Uncle Ben was a family member, and then like he was he was killed because of like peter's negligence so it's not really fridging in the same sense mm-hmm. but yeah, i mean you're not wrong it's just not right <laughs> yeah yeah the, yeah the trope itself is specifically for women like yeah it happens way more than you think yeah, so. yeah like it is an extent like I remember reading the blog. It is a very extensive list of women that have been fridged. Which is great because DC was like, oh, well, then Gil Simone, if, if you have a problem with this, why don't you write a, write a better comic and 
she did. And <laughs> now she's and, one of the most prolific yeah, writers of our and time. Has, yeah, and has um since like uh, God, I love Gail Simone. She's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. You get it, girl. Uh, she if you like, I don't know if you follow her on Twitter, but like she is just hilarious. And the way just just the way she trolls like people. Mm-hmm. Um like she's just she's just absolutely hilarious. Yeah. All right. Anything else for 58? No. Yeah, I can't really think of anything. Like it was kind of funny that the two chuds like come back with his Chevy. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of strange, but uh. oh the other thing, the other thing I, I hated was freaking Casey like going like just driving crazy through the desert okay i was like okay got that he's emotional and then just crashing into a wall and then getting out of the jeep like he just parked the jeep (laughs) it took me a while to realize he had crashed it you know because oh it like it's like broken in like slammed into the side of a rock and he's just like he just gets out and just walk like (laughs) it's like it's it's like Ace Ventura when he parks the Jeep, and <laughs> yeah. when nature calls, yeah, like, like a glove, like right? a glove. It's literally that. It yeah. is literally that. I mean, he's probably just, just putting back some alcohol, you know. Yeah, it should be my oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, and that's and that's what I thought was going on, but just the fact that he got out so nonchalantly, and then like it builds to that moment where he releases her ashes. It was just. I just, it took me out of the moment so much that I just, it was just, it was laughable. Yeah. And this is nothing about, this is nothing about Jim's art. Like this is, this is just the story beat was so funny. Mm-hmm. All right. So 59. Yeah. I don't think I have is go ahead, Spencer. I don't really have any for this one either. <laughs> I think for me, like, I think the shredder armor thing is kind of weird. And like the fact that the turtles had to make it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of strange to me. It does pay off in an issue or two, but I, I it always see, kind of like, throws me whenever I see it. And then, so. and that was the thing is like I kind of missed that they made the armor. Yeah, it like, I knew they, like cutting paper or something, you know. But. Yeah, like I knew they were making something, but I didn't realize like they were making the armor. Mm. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's fine, and it's like I get it that they like there's the foot elite are so hard up to see Shredder again that like. You know, they see someone that looks like Shredder, but at the same time, like, and and this is this has to do with Jim's art. Like, Jim still drew boobs. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then like, and the Foot Elite is like hard up, like Master Master Shredder. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, unless. <laughs> but, right. And you knew his head cut up, got cut off, and he was burned right so <laughs> yeah yeah they're not the smartest but they are the most loyal but yeah that that took me out a little bit yeah that's all i had except for that uh that picture of casey and april you know all, yeah all i gotta say is that if people can't recognize clark kent as superman when he puts on glasses then i believe that that's totally that's different clark's not changing his gender <laughs> but you know if, if, have you ever seen Zooey Deschanel and New Girl and then seen her without her glasses or bangs? Like, she looks like a totally different person. No, I completely again, understand how Clark Kent can do it. Yeah, I get that. 
but that's not changing their gender. Yeah. The first time I shaved, my best friend didn't recognize me. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, we had been friends since first grade. It was sixth grade. He didn't recognize me. Like, I get, I get the whole Zoe Deschanel, Clark Kent thing. Like, I, that's, that's not in question here. It's just right. the fact that, like, this shredder that they saw has boobs. Yeah. Well, it's like if Superman showed up with boobs, you'd be like, wait, that might not be Superman. <laughs> what, what kind of kryptonite does that? Uh, <laughs> no, I think there was a kryptonite that did that. That made him female? I think so. Oh, I need to look this up. Yeah, hang on. Spencer, stall for time. Uh, is it pink kryptonite? No, uh, pink kryptonite. Pink yeah, made him gay. Yeah, yeah no. Oh. Yes. Wait, really? Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Pink kryptonite is the type of cream- kryptonite that seemingly turns Kryptonians homosexual. Shut up. No. Superman.fandom.com. Yeah, 100%. Hang on. I'm on the DC fandom wiki. Hang on. <laughs> I think that's a little bit more accurate. Pink kryptonite. Here we go. From Supergirl number 79. When Linda Danvers takes the original Kara Zor-El's place and arrives in the pre-crisis Earth era, there's a comical scene where Superman is apparently exposed to pink kryptonite with the implication that it, it temporarily turned him gay. Okay. There you go. When did that issue come out? Uh, more recently than he was like... three? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, yeah. DC, come on. That's a 70s era thing. Come on. <laughs> uh, Peter David wrote that story, too. There you go. Uh, Peter David, of course. Mm-hmm. I, think this was, I think this was when like everybody was like, Ugh, Peter David. Yeah. He had, that, he... he had that good run on Incredible Hulk. And Aquaman. And, and Aquaman. Yeah. And then it was like, and then I think after that it was like, Ugh, Peter David. Yeah, he wrote uh, turtle stories for a bit too. It got canceled real quick, but he did. So there okay. you go. Uh, in, happy good knowledge just, for you. In Justice League action, uh, Metallo's kryptonite heart being transmuted into pink kryptonite by Firestorm, which flips the physical genders of Kryptonians, having turned Superman into a woman of steel instead. Ah, okay. When was that released? uh 2017 i believe okay all right so pink kryptonite for that one as well is how you just said yeah that one is pink kryptonite so so we're both right in a sense yeah (laughs) i would debate that one of us was more right but (laughs) you were you were a right you were right originally because yours came first I mean, I'm like, just messing with you. At this point, what isn't right in DC anymore? Yeah, true. I know. Does he still have a giant key outside the Fortress of Solitude that he needs to open this Fortress of Solitude? Yeah, I hope so. I want to see that in a movie so so badly. Yeah, that was the that's, idea. Was it was so heavy? Snyder, no one else. That's what the Snyder cut was missing. Yeah. It was so heavy. Key. No one else could lift it. But like, yeah. he fights people who are super strong all the time. I don't know. He's man. just really good about hiding the key, too. No, he's, he's not. It was on a pedestal a... right outside the fortress. <laughs> no, he's got. No, it was pointed at the keyhole. It's underneath the pedestal. It's a hide a key. Oh. 
that's a fake key. Yeah. yeah. That's gotta, a fake key. You got to lift it up to find yeah. the real key. You know, while, gotta, while they're sitting there with the fake key trying to get the door to open, he has enough time to show up then and stop yeah. him. Yep. Exactly. You fool, Metallo. You didn't look La- at my hollow glacier. <laughs> laughing at them the entire time like, <laughs> these guys. <laughs> Wrong key, dumb ones. Uh, this has been the Silver Age Superman cast with Spencer, Keith, and Mike. I yeah. love Silver Age Superman. Yeah. Fantastic. Even though both the stories we're talking about came out in the 2000s, but whatever. Uh, there was a website uh, There was a website I used to read called Super Dickery. And it was just all the time Silver Age Superman was a dick to people. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I don't even know if it's still around, but oh, God, that website was so funny. I don't know if you've seen the Robot Chicken DC special, but if you remember in the first movie, like Superman kisses Lois Lane and kisses her so well that she loses her memory. It's his mind eraping or mind erasing powers. Yeah. Well, he, so in that robot chicken special, he keeps trying to do that to like Lex Luthor. <laughs> like, like, come here, buddy. <laughs> they're like, no, no, no. Uh, yep. Superdickery.com is still uh, a thing. Uh, it was last updated in 2017, but. I mean, uh, I feel like those covers aren't as common anymore now in those, those moments in his old comics. Yeah. But yes, it was, it was, oh, God. There was new there was new 52 stuff in there. Oh really? Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of other things we love kind of, I mean we were earlier. Let's talk about <laughs> I love being a turtle. Oh, I love being a turtle. Spencer just like anything, anything to move it along. <laughs> <laughs> so super dickery. Yeah. Oh gosh. So no, I uh as a trilogy, these three issues are pretty good. Yeah. yeah things are ramping up uh yeah like things definitely pick up uh definitely didn't think it was nobody this time um <laughs> when karai's running around in that tight like black latex suit yeah right. <laughs> which uh kevin specifically mentions in his annotation um that it's nice to see a hot sexy woman again in the pages yeah. because because dooney's not drawing it right now so jim's picking up the slack but you know, like Karai's face looks a lot better in 57, and it almost looks like it's Michael Dooney. Like, I, I know I've given Jim Lawson flack for that before, but like her face looks like more and than so, just a rectangle with two dots and a nose and a small mouth. And so, um, not in 57, but in 58, I noticed, um, and this is specifically because of, um, uh, was it Jason, Jason Temujin Minner mm-hmm. or Minor? Uh, however you say your name sorry <laughs> um the ink because the inks are different it did make the issue look different yeah hmm. and like it was very like to my eye it was very noticeable different better or different worse you think or just different uh, different enough that it was kind of easier for me to follow along i guess gotcha. um, especially reading these black and white issues but at the same time like I don't know if like if you're not used to the art, then you're not going to notice the difference. But um, I guess to me, like I was just like, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. It's different for me. Building on what I mentioned earlier about this, like exploring those gray areas, and you know what, when you know '90s comics, late '80s, you know, didn't always do the the best at it, but definitely during this time, like you know, you had Punisher, which was huge, like with Punisher Max, right? Like, I mean, maybe not right now, right now, but that was during the 90s. Uh, 
when you kind of had Punisher like, Max. Punisher Max was like late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, it's, like, it's like late '90s, early 2000s. But still, it's that edgy time period. That's all I'm saying. During the '90s, a lot of like, no, this is like Spawn and Savage Dragon era. Yeah, but we're still on the tail of like uh, Dark Knight Returns and and Watchmen and stuff. Yes. We're no, the- we're way no, we're way past that. It was, yeah, 90, it was '93, true. baby. Spencer's but, two years old at this point. But Spawn is definitely like a gray area. I'm not two years old. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah, so you're not two years I'm old. not even born like, yet. Yeah, oh, he's not even born. Spencer's so not even young. born yet. Let's, let's let him talk. Let's let him get him out. Uh, All right, so, but like Spawn, <laughs> Spawn, for example, is like a gray area. All right, like he's a, he's a demon from hell. He, he killed people in his previous life, even though it was like in the name of, you know, military cause. He, he ends up going to hell and then making a deal with the devil type thing. But, you know, so like it's, it's once again, it's, it's that great anti-hero area. Lobo, I'm pretty sure at least at this time is, is a thing. My point is, is you have your anti-hero characters that are really coming into, into play. So oh, you're right. Like, yeah, I wasn't disputing that. Yeah. Gray areas, you know, Hellblazer, all that stuff. Uh, yeah. Cause this is early, the early nineties, like that is the trope of the anti-hero comic and like all the pouches and stuff that people are known for cable from x-men huge at this time yeah so my point is is you know here it is exploring gray areas you know actually going into gray areas in in a very i guess more philosophical way with you know for example splinter you know he realizes that you know as the rat king is saying like you have to submit to me or i'm going to kill you he realizes that he's it's a killer could be killed situation like he must you know, what is more important, this moral code he has to not eat, you know, his own kind, eat rats or his own survival. You know, at the end of the day, you know, his own survival is worth more than, than that type thing. Can I, and even can have, I just say uh-huh. it, that just the way you described it just made the bar seem really low for Splinter. <laughs> like, yeah, like, you know, don't eat your own kind or die. <laughs> like I get it, cannibalism, bad. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just well, Splinter's just... kind of getting his comeuppance in this these couple it's... issues because, like, even Leo mentions, like, you know, this is his war, not ours. But it's it's become such a conflict that now, like, Casey and April are even involved in it, even though they didn't know anything about the Shredder. You know, you know what? One more anchovy. Um, I don't like Splinter's story still so far. It's go. It's going nowhere, in my opinion. Hmm. Yeah, I, in my opinion, you know, he like also learns another valuable lesson of like sometimes you gotta actually listen to advice from someone you consider an enemy, you know, like yeah. you know, being open minded, being willing to change. But like, why would Splinter consider Rat King an enemy? He's never met the Rat King. I mean, I imagine they went back and told him about it. <laughs> I, I think there is at least one issue of Tales Volume Two where they meet in between now and before he died but see like okay so, so but tail but see that's written after the fact yeah. filling gaps like at this point he has not met the rat king yeah but anyway i i think it's i think it's kind of cool and an interesting idea an interesting way to explore it you know we also now have the turtles uh speaking of like you know the other gray areas that they talk about the turtles can now decide like oh yeah we can assassinate and and you know, have to, you know, kill these guys and finally end this whole conflict, team up with these people that have been the bad guys and, you know, that are assassins to kill other assassins. Yeah, like, that was my favorite part. 
was that whole conversation between everybody like hey like can we just end the cycle like we don't even want to be a part of this this isn't yeah. our fight splinter dragged us into this that's my and, favorite line is when leo says like he's not sure that he could die for splinter anymore yeah it's he's like, like that's it was no it was it was i would die for, i would die for him but i would not give him my life yeah yeah that's and that's good. such a good line and that's such like not leo anymore i know. You know like he's such a boy scout now but man that's that's some philosophical that, stuff there. i know I that it. was that was like that was so good mm-hmm. yeah and, and so it's really really cool i loved that uh you know and just those final moments of like the foot elite hunting the turtles it has nothing to do with gray areas but just the, yeah. the the foot elite hunting the turtles at the end just like especially that last panel when they're all jumping off the roof there's something about it that's just really cool yeah it's very cinematic Maybe it's more of that. Maybe it's more of that rooftop jumping stuff that you know, <laughs> like the foot. The foot elite, love, yeah, that I love the foot elite are just such a cool design. Like with the yeah. straw hat and the, you know, the shredder mask underneath it and the capes and yeah. I also love the reveal that Rat King's been dead this whole time. I, I just I, think that's cool. I can't remember if we talked about that when I first read the Tales issue. Yeah, because I was I was like holding it back, because you were like, uh, he just dies at the end. I'm like, nah, but did he? But yes, he did. But yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Which is cool. I, I like that he's, you know, it's it's not revealed that he's been alive this entire time, living in a smokestack. He's like some sort of supernatural spirit haunting it. His physical body's dead. Is he a supernatural spirit doing it, or is Blender really just hallucinating? Good question. Will we ever know? I don't know. I think there, is there is there point. is there a Tales Volume Two issue to fill in this gap? I, I, think, I, there is. I think there is. Yeah, <laughs> of course there is. I, there I always think, is, man. I, yeah, I think it's where the idea of the Pantheon is actually first introduced is in Tales Volume Two. Mm-hmm. I think that the Red King actually like extends Splinter a spot in it is what I heard from somewhere, but not oh. just. It's been a long time since I've read that issue, but I think you're right. Yeah. Like to take his place, essentially, is the idea. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's pretty neat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're, you're right. It is the fridge trope. And I guess I just, when I read it, it was my first time ever running into the fridge trope. And so it was able to impact me. Uh, well, I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, it it's, still, it's still impactful and it's still very sudden and shocking for Casey. Yeah. And the whole the whole point of fridging is that like, you know, once or twice you don't notice it, but when you see it, then you know what you're looking for. And then it just you you notice all of the instances that do it. Yeah. So yeah. this isn't me, even the only time in turtles it happens. So <laughs> yeah. wait, it's not? No. I mean, Shen gets killed, but then Hamato Yoshi gets killed, which inspires, you know, it's <laughs> this <laughs> Yeah. And then oh, yeah, fair, yeah. Fair, yeah. we always we always forget about Tang Shen. No, I always forget about Naki too. It, I guess just convolutes can, things. I guess Tang Shen doesn't get killed though to be fridge. She just gets beaten, which then makes Yoshi kill Nagi, which then makes Nagi kill Yoshi, which then makes the splinter splinter train the turtles to kill. Like I feel like there's just like a big fridge just filled with bodies, you know. <laughs> and the turtles are trying to get at him. Like oh, killing like, this guy kill until he don't have to kill anymore, right? <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. Like, it feels like it works in, like, the Shredder, like, 
Yoshi Saki turtles kind of thing because like especially now with what Leo and they're just talking about with the whole like I don't want to do revenge anymore yeah like our whole lives have only been revenge like that that honestly that is stuff I would love to see come back into turtles yeah and like they kind of did that in IDW but like uh-huh. I feel I feel like they didn't go into it that hard well, in that one, they like they themselves were really seeking vengeance. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it. No, like they like the tur- the, the turtles weren't, but like Splinter was. Yeah, and then like the whole arc where Splinter takes over the Foot Clan, and Mikey's really the only one who has the problem with it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that arc. I love. That. I lo- I love that arc too. Like that that was unfortunately that's where I kind of fell off of reading IDW every month. Like I was still buying the issues, but I fell off of reading them all. Mm. but like that stuck with me with just mikey like i like this isn't what i signed up for this isn't what you taught us and it's like i want to see more of that in turtles media yeah well it's it's really like these are really the only two places in the comics where you actually see it as the turtles seeing and realizing that splinter is a very flawed yeah exactly like everyone, everyone like i mean you always see it in like the facebook posts and everything like oh splinter's the wise old ninja master is like no he's a jerk yeah especially in can be (laughs) like especially in barrage he is just a an asshole (laughs) a rat bastard (laughs) (laughs) i know sorry but like you know it's it's like everyone's like oh i love i love splinter and it's like oh he's he's so wise and fatherly and loves his sons and it's like no he trained like this splinter trained them to be killers and then did not have a plan for them afterward (laughs) yeah but uh anyway back to what i was saying before though like it is the first time i ran to the fridge show but i remember like the first time i actually read the story with casey like it was actually like almost like emotional for me. Like it actually caught me off guard. You know, I was like, yeah, yeah. you know, and so like seeing these panels of like Casey in despair. And then even when he goes and spreads Gabe's ashes, I mean, I was younger at the time, but (laughs) uh, you know, so I guess I didn't notice the car crashing or maybe I just saw. (laughs) I was just going to ask you, did you notice the car crash? I think I just, you know, to consider it to be more dramatic from that, you know, like to like, you know, right now, nothing else matters, you know, to Casey type thing is kind of what it, what it says to me. Yeah. But, I mean, just thinking about the car crash again, it's just funny because, like, nothing explodes, nothing is smoking. It literally just <laughs> hits the wall and it just stops. Yeah. Well, he's responsible enough, too, to actually fix it by the next issue. You can see it in the background. Like, the windshield's not cracking. Oh, things, I, didn't, uh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. When he's at the diner. Yeah, so the thing is, I just really... I, I really like those, those moments, and I, I really... Cause they were impactful for me when I first, you know, read them and seeing Casey's. Mm. And so in, in, uh, in following up on that, like, I love the scene where he takes his car back. Like, it's just like a super triumphant scene. Uh, it was also, you know, something that like, you know, was, was really cool and impactful for me when I first read it. And yeah. especially in that final panel where Casey has shadow in his car and he's just driving off with her. Like it's, it's, such a great scene for me and i love, love seeing the little details like how he has audio books that are about child care sitting like in his oh oh i was trying to look at that and i couldn't i couldn't tell yeah. what they were 
I forgot to say this. One of the books is uh, Child Care with Dr. Spock. And it looks like it has a little Leonard Nimoy on it. Yeah. If, you look really, if you take your glasses off and squint, it kind of looks like that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, that is a cool scene. And I think like Casey's relationship to his Chevy is something that you lose if you haven't read like the guest era issues we have, like Sky Highway and The River. Like he's all about his car in those issues. Yeah. I think Rick Beach's issues are like low-key canon. Like, yeah. they, they can be because they're so hard to find now. And like, he technically wasn't a Mirage writer, but he did actually respect what was coming before it and like actually adding to continuity. And so they're, they're definitely, they're canon, but they're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you would consider them canon at yeah. least, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially since it's referenced by one of the issues that like is declared canon like the river is referenced by it like they're they're pretty much canon three good books three good books by mirage we just we love mirage yes and then speaking of mirage i guess we should as we should move on to the news april o'neill channel nine news uh channel six news so mac any toy news this week uh in toy news we had the I don't know if they were the official reveal um, of the Ninja Turtles and Cobra Kai uh, toys two-pack that we heard about months ago. Uh, But we did see full pictures of the Ninja Turtles and Cobra Kai two-packs. And so they... uh, They're unique. (laughs) They're you. They're uh, are they? <laughs> so, well, they are and they aren't, right? <laughs> so we'll start. So the two packs are um, two packs containing Donatello and Johnny Lawrence, Leonardo and Miguel Diaz, Raph and John Kreese, and Michelangelo versus Daniel Larusso. Uh, and so the figures are. The, the figures of the Cobra Kai characters and the Karate Kid characters, um, those are, those look all brand new um, figures. Uh, they don't look bad. You know, they're guys in karate uniforms, so they're not the most complicated sculpts, um, but they're not bad. Um, likenesses are decent, especially for playmates. Um, the Turtles, unfortunately are the classic collection figures that they've released now this is the fourth re-release of this mold um well, however they do it in the last year or something like they've been that's, really pushing it yeah. that's that's the issue mm-hmm. um like i've had to explain to a couple of people like this is it it's it feels exhausting because they've only they've out of the four re-releases three of them have been this year and to be fair, only one of those re-releases were was uh, limited, so not everyone had the chance to get that, that one. Mm-hmm. But like, it is it is a little exhausting to see this mold again, especially so soon after, um, so soon after the two packs have started hitting the store. The two packs with, uh, you know, uh, Raph and. Uh, bebop i think or michelangelo and bebop and leo and rocksteady like those two packs are hitting walmart right now the donatello triceraton and mikey shredder ones are supposed to be hitting soon after that and it's like we're getting those and it's like you're immediately re-releasing those molds again now in playmates's defense 
these do have new masks. <laughs> um, it is kind of cool. They are all black masks. In fact, the only colors on the turtles are their wristbands, uh, which has you know, their own unique colors. The weapons are done in all black. And there's actually a soft goods karate like gi that goes over the turtle's body. Um, and so like there is some effort put into this two pack. It's not a lot of effort, but it is better than what we've seen playmates kind of do lately. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a pass for me because I have no attachment to uh, Cobra Kai. Like I've been meaning to watch it, but I have not. Um, and the only Karate Kid movie I've really seen is the first one and the next Karate Kid with Hilary Swank. Um, but yeah, I just, this, this is, this is the pass for me. I, I don't think it's as bad as people are like, ah, these, these figures are terrible. Rah, 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 rah. It's like, you know what? <laughs> we loved these figures in 2013. Y'all are, y'all are just spoiled now because, oh, NECA, ah, oh, Super 7. Like, they're not bad figures. Like, they still hold up. I think the issue is, you're, you know, this is a figure from 2013 and you're paying 2021 money for it. That's the issue I have. Yeah. For me, for me, the interesting thing that I pull away from it is that like Playmates is typically who makes the toys for the kids. Like, and that's specifically been like their target market for the entire time they've, they've been around, Mm -hmm. you know, even, even back when they released like Mirage turtle figures and they put issue one in there, it's actually like edited and censored in some spots and they phrase things in different way to like take Mm -hmm. out words like kill and things like that. You know, it's always been there their thing is kids but then like cobra kai like that's not being enjoyed by like children you know i mean maybe it is like maybe there's some that are watching it with their parents but like for the most part i feel like cobra kai is aimed at people who grew up during the 80s and is is kind of more like aimed at adults yeah no that's that is definitely not a show that kids are are watching yeah um and it's 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 interesting though that playmates is you know, officially deciding that it is better to aim at that older audience rather than the children with this one. And they kind of, they kind of hinted at that. Um, I think it was early last year. Um, there was, there was an email that was circulating around that people were saying was from Playmates uh, when people were asking about like what, what's going on with the toy line. Cause the rise toy line was kind of dying down at that point. And people were asking like, what's going on. And it turned out that, the email supposedly from playmates was saying like, Oh, we're going to focus on classic stuff and, you know, more collector oriented stuff. And the fact that that's kind of been the focus for playmates the last couple of years, um, kind of proves that that email might've been fact. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't believe anything until I see an official press release. So that's why I'm using such weird verbiage. Um, the, I don't know. Like it's it's hard for me to to be excited about this because again, I don't have any connection to Cobra Kai. Yeah, me um, neither. It, I'm not even it, sure it I've just, ever seen Karate Kid, honestly. So it is it's it's just such a weird combination to to kind of put together. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I we didn't even know like we were gonna get figures of Cobra Kai, and it's like these are the first these are the first Cobra Kai figures. And just unfortunately, they're bundled in with these old turtles figures. Uh, it's a missed opportunity because, like, these are like these are real 
like actors like these are likenesses they're not cartoon versions of you know daniel russo and and them it like these are their likenesses so what playmates should have done is use the movie classic collection turtles that they put out that are actually really good figures that have only been re-released one time like i'm personally on the hunt for those movie classic collections right now like i want to say they look great um like they're not as they're not super accurate but they're fun looking figures and that's what i care about so i would have like i would be much more excited about this set if they had those uh versions instead yeah, it's weird to me that they're crossing over these two properties without like a comic book or tv appearance or anything like you know? This just this just screams like, hey, we got the license. How do we make this sell? Well, not to mention it's also just kind of like, hey, you grew up in the 80s. You like the 80s. Would you like it if this 80s thing was next to this 80s thing? You'd love it. <laughs> you love the 80s. You That's buy cool. nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's nostalgia marketing at its like at its like bare but most bare bones. <laughs> yeah. Uh thing but anyway do we have like a release date or anything for this mike and, and that was the thing is like they have not been officially uh announced they've just been uh or they haven't been officially like released like these pictures i think leaked so i so we don't have any other information like these are the first time like a lot of people in a while have heard about these figures mm-hmm. so I, I don't have any information on that. Uh, also in Toy News, <laughs> it was kind of funny. Uh, actually, hang on, stall for a second because I need to look up what podcast he was on. Leak. I always put leaking quotes anymore. It seems like there's a lot of leaks. I think it's just a marketing campaign at this point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, yeah. Like, oh, look at this leak. That's exactly the thing we're going to announce it today. Just, uh, just, you know, scam like that. I, that's, yeah. Oh, no, it got out. Now you guys know about it. Tell all your friends. Ah! Should have been prepared for that. <laughs> but I just remembered it at the last second, as I usually do. Um, <laughs> so, Ernie Reyes Jr., um, who played Kino in Secret of the Ooze, um, was just on a podcast recently where they were where he was asked about a possible Kino action figure uh and during the interview he just kind of let it out saying he didn't think he was under any kind of you know NDA that prevented him from saying that there is an Ernie Reyes junior likeness Kino figure coming uh from NECA oh wow awesome Um, so it was it, it was kind of cool um so NECA usually likes to do their reveals um in a particular way so the following turtle tuesday they kind of posted a i don't want to call it a threat but they did post a picture of a tied up ref uh from secret of the ooze um with a sh emoji um and tagged ernie in it so uh, I think it's fair to say that uh, Secret of the Use figures are officially coming. Um, actually, not officially coming. They are coming, just not officially announced yet. I don't know if I'll get him or not. I'm tempted, though. 
I hope, I, comes with, I hope he comes with this little moped with the pizza boxes on the back. And that was the thing. Like I was talking to some other guys. Um, it, it was the Nerdtastic podcast, by the way. Um, part of the Geekish Network. Oh, good, great guys, those Geekish guys. Um, but the uh, the discussion was like, what Kino do you get? Do you get the the white and red jacket from the beginning of the movie with the moped or like the later outfit from the end of the movie, the flannel around his waist and stuff. Or oh, the, or I want the, the first one. Yeah. Like I want the jacket. The jacket yeah. is iconic Kino. Right. Fully agree. wonder if he's going to come with like a handful of bells, <laughs> you know, like that, that was... scene where they took all the bells off the yeah. mannequin. Like, I mean, good? that's that's yeah. that's the other. I mean, that's the other outfit that he could possibly be wearing. I think that was like a denim jacket in that mm-hmm. one. In that particular scene you're talking about, he was wearing a tank top. But like when he goes to the training field or the uh, the audition room, he's wearing like the a denim jacket, mm-hmm. as as you won't to do back in the '90s. So right, right. It was <laughs> the style at the time. Very very cool. Any other toy news we need to announce? I think that is it for the toy news this week. All right. uh, yeah, I got nothing else. Yeah, Spencer, what you got for us? Uh, the gameplay. Some gameplay was released for that Nickelodeon Smash Bros. clone. Uh, Nickelodeon All-Stars? Is that what they called it? All-Star Brawl, I think. All-Star Brawl. Yeah. Okay. Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. And it looks okay. Yeah, I, I saw a video where April O'Neil beat up Nigel Thornberry pretty good. And then uh and then she proceeded to beat up like SpongeBob and uh Leonardo and someone else, maybe Patrick. Patrick. Yeah. 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 It's kind of cool. She uses like a boom mic and a, a photography camera and a like camera on a stand, it looks like. And then she also like floats with a blimp to recover. It's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah like. And it was kind of cool because they did confirm that wave dashing, which is a very popular move in Super Smash Brothers, is in the game. Um, I think it was you earlier, Spencer, who said that the move sets do look a little boring. They they do. I, I'll be honest. Yeah, I got. I said it in our chat. I, I was going to try and stay positive for the show, but it it does look like. <laughs> sorry, to, sorry to call you out there, but <laughs> it, it um, looks like everyone kind of has the same attacks it just looks like a little different with each person but it's mm-hmm. all kind of the same you know like april Which seemed more creative than the other ones with her with her like camera like those were kind mm-hmm. of interesting but like leo with those swords like he just did not do anything that seemed interesting to me yeah it was just like slash this way or slash that way right yeah and and neither Patrick or SpongeBob. Like I did see one move where Patrick, for some reason, just straight up like grabbed April out of the air and just plummeted off the edge of the stage and suicided himself with her. But like, starfish that'll... side, huh? Starfish side. Yeah. Starfish <laughs> side. But like, and so that was kind of funny and interesting. But like, other than that, I, I was expecting a little bit more out of such zany characters. Mm. You know, like I, Leo. It's fine that it's mostly slashing and things, but like. I don't know, there was just nothing that, like, really, that really, like, wowed me, I guess, you know, with the moveset. Like I said, there's such wacky characters that I was expecting there to be a bit more from them. I, I, I'm starting to get to the point where I don't think 
that this is going to be a game that I pick up right away. Yeah. Uh, I think this is going to be a game that I pick up on sale. Uh, I did. Th- I, I don't know. It's, it's not, you know, it's not how laboratory it's like, it's not Nintendo. Like, so I don't expect the same level of polish. Um, but at the same time, like, I also don't need to give them my money. <laughs> I got another, I got another turtle game that's coming out uh, next year that I'm waiting for. Yeah, well, and, and like, this one's coming out in October, right? Yeah, this one's coming out this year still. So, much as I love like, Ninja Turtles, Metroid Dread is coming out then. Exactly. And <laughs> uh, I am currently playing through Samus Returns because I'm very excited. Awesome. Our Metroid podcast. Yeah. Do y'all remember like, Cartoon Network had a brawler like this? back in like 2012 or something i mean it looked <laughs> not like exactly the, like this i remember not to this level i don't think yeah but it, it looked very similar where it was like wow such zany characters but they just kind of like punch like that. yeah and that was one of my kind of critiques of smash up too it was like you get all the ninja turtles characters but like they can't like pull a rocket out of their pocket or anything like you can in smash brothers you know yeah so it, it's a little bland but yeah you, you gotta up the mechanics if you're going to go with yeah flashing and doing things with your weapons you know yeah i think if like if we were going to get like another true smash up kind of game like i don't know like it can't be based on just one version of turtles yeah that was my other issue was like they put like utraminator in there but they didn't put krang in there everything was based on the 2007 movie even though it was kind like, of it was based advertised on as being something bigger but yeah, like it was based on a 2007 movie, but it, like it had a lot of 2003-isms in it. Mm-hmm. So no, no comic or 87 stuff. Yeah. Myself, but. Yeah. I think it was pretty cool for what it was, but you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I played the hell out of it, but <laughs> it's criticisms. Um, I would love played, another. I would I've love another. I actually never one played Smash Up. It, it's decent. Like I ha- I had a Wii. I just I don't know. Turtles fighting games, like I can't get into them. Like I've played tournament fighters and I just it's not for me. Uh, that's a you know, that's okay. I, it's one of those things I realize isn't for everyone, but I, I love me a good like 2D fighter. Not not like Smash Bros. Oh, no, no. Like I look Smash- I love it. I love a 2D fighter. I will play the hell out of Street Fighter, but just turtles tournament fighters, I could not get into. Fair enough. I mean, I really like tournament fighters, but uh, I mean, tournament fighters. Like no, Smash your Bros. your opinion is wrong because it's not my opinion, Spencer. <laughs> this is a Reddit, Mike. <laughs> but but the, Super, <laughs> the Super Nintendo version is kind of a Street Fighter clone. Oh yeah, totally. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they they're all Street. They Fighter all clones, yeah. But... I have a funny story about Street Fighter. So I I have this uh, friend who has a kid. He's like ten years old, and he got one of those like mini Super Nintendos. You know. Uh, Came preloaded with X number of games, and Street Fighter Two is one of them. Mm-hmm. So he's like, "You want to play Street Fighter?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And I, I think this kid didn't know that I knew what Street Fighter was because, like, I picked Ken and he picked Dalsim. So I'm like, "I know what you're gonna do. You're gonna punch me from across the screen." Yeah. So this fight starts. The, the only I, reason a kid picks Dalsim is because. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I immediately like I jump back. He punches straight, and I shoot a fireball at him. He, he pauses the game. He looks at me and he goes. 
you know how to shoot a fireball? Like he didn't even know how to do it. <laughs> and I, I kicked that kid's butt for like two hours. <laughs> Good. Uh, that's yeah. As you should. <laughs> that's the thing is like, once you, like, if you just know how to do a fireball in fighting games, you will immediately beat anyone who is like brand new and only knows how to kick. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I taught him how to do it. He was getting better at it as we went, but you know, I got a couple years on him. So yeah. But no, I would I would love like a new Turtles fire. I bring it up all the time, you know. But they, I definitely do think it should be like a new universe, but like make it similar to IDW in the sense that it's like grabs from all different iterations, but kind of makes a world of its own. Uh, give me a good story mode, and I'm I'll be super happy. All right. Well, last bit of news for tonight. Um, this one's kind of a downer. Uh, Mirage Studios has officially dissolved. Uh, I went to the site this morning to look up some stuff for this episode. And uh, it's been stripped bare. There's just the comic book summaries and only the comic book summaries from Mirage, not the other like image or Archie or anything like that. And a brief overview of Mirage's history. In fact, like if you go to the contact page, it says like, do not contact us. Uh, they have like an info email account that's rarely checked, but otherwise you need to talk to Viacom. Uh, they say they won't be doing any merchandise sales on the site or through eBay as of September 19th. So the, the sales are already off the site. I assume they're eBay account is still handling the last couple auctions they have going but end of an era yeah it it was really kind of a bummer seeing that today um i feel like we were the only ones who broke that news um yeah i I feel bad because i posted on reddit like the first thing this morning and my inbox has just been flooded with like oh so sad i I feel like i like broke every kid's heart you know i mean i feel weirdly responsible I mean, I'm a little hurt. I'm a little hurt that you told Reddit before you told us, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I wasn't going to put it on uh, our socials either because it was such a, a downer. But uh, yeah. But I mean, news is news, and so we uh, so we posted that on uh, Facebook, and I shared it to a bunch of groups today. Posted it on Twitter. Um, but yeah, it, it 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 sucks. It's kind of an end of an era. Um, a lot of people have been kind of confused about it though, uh, thinking that just kind of a wide variety of things like thinking like there's no more Ninja Turtles content to thinking that like the Mirage figures from NECA aren't allowed anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of weird, just kind of people who I get it, you know, you're a casual fan. You don't have the same, you know, we, we do this every week, you know, yeah. <laughs> we have a depth of knowledge on it. So yeah. Know- like the, like we we live breathe you know turtles like so i don't expect everybody to have the same uh, the same kind of knowledge and so i've been you know answering everybody's questions as much as possible um one thing that did kind of feel gross was a lot of people asking like oh does, does that mean my original issues are going to be more worth more um uh, i don't like comi- <laughs> i don't like comic speculators uh i mm, um and also, so the last just, Mirage issue was published in 2014, so like they haven't been publishing issues for quite a yeah, while anyway. That was so, and that's what I told them. I'm like, like no, like Mirage closing is not going to do anything for your comics because those issues were all published anyway. Mm-hmm, like yeah. they're not publishing new ones. Like, if anything, you could probably sell. What was the last volume four issue? Thirty two. Yeah, and even then, like. I mean, wasn't that the, wasn't that the digital only one 
Yeah, uh, I think I think they made a thousand hard copies. Oh, they did make it. Okay, okay. Yeah. But the, yeah, one but be- the one before that was digital only, I believe. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, and so it's like, you know, if your your stuff was already valuable, like it's gonna stay valuable. Like, like you said, like there hasn't been a new issue since 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, yeah, like it it it's it really does suck though because like. You know, we like you said, we use the Mirage website, you know, for for notes and um, the Mirage website was one of the only ways to still read some Mirage issues like for for free. If you knew where to look like you could find them on the website, but yeah, like that, that's gone now. Yeah, so but it doesn't really change anything going forward. Like so Peter Layer yeah. sold Turtles to Viacom back in 2009 and he retained yep. some rights to publish some comics and since then i think he's done two issues of volume four and like four issues of tales volume two to wrap that tales up so like yeah. nothing has changed there um they just kind of been ramping down for the last 12 years and it's finally coming to a close um, yeah like it, it like the website said like mirage is in a ramp down stage for the past couple years like yeah. that has like that was like the pinned post and then right after that would be whatever update they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's it's been coming. Like, Peter stopped uh, signing things, and then they were shipping things less and moving more towards eBay auctions of rarer yeah. and rarer stuff. Like, if, I don't know if you watch those eBay auctions, but they had, like, color proofs and, like, the hard copies of the proofs for the Shredder action figure and stuff. Like, some really mm-hmm. cool stuff that's way out of my price range. But, yeah. It, it's kind of weird too because we we're just talking the other day or a couple weeks ago about you know the kind of long slow death that mirage comics has had and now it is officially dead you know yeah i mean we'll be re- we'll be finishing like reading the last you know three issues of volume one at the same time that you know mirage officially completely shuts down yeah the 19th yeah i i know it doesn't change a lot going forward or anything like it it's not going to change how turtles are handled at all but it's kind of just sad to see it go without like a big fanfare or like you know thanks from the crew or whatever it's just kind of you know off to the side happening which yeah that's the selfish on my part i'm sure this is exactly what peter laird would have wanted it was just a fade away into the night but you know. no you're you're right though like you know it it, it does kind of suck that like it, it just kind of fizzled out like there's no fanfare like it, it didn't happen on any comic book websites like just kind of not even it didn't even have to be like a big post it could have just been like hey like you know original publishers of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mirage Comics you know yes. closing its doors it wasn't you like know? a final you know print that was like a big jam piece of everyone that worked on Ninja Turtles or anything like that you know yeah it's just like, kind of it's just kind of gone I don't, I don't even I don't even think Kevin said anything today about it I haven't checked, but I, I, I yeah, like he I hasn't been checked. with Mirage for a long time either, so it, it probably well, right. too much. But. No, 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 right, but he would. I mean, but this is this is the company he started too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it 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 just it just kind of like I said, it just feels like the end of an era, um, and it just kind of went out, you know, like a mirage. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's um, so that you know, volume four probably it's it's almost official all but official the volume four will never get an ending which has a massive cliffhanger yeah like Mm. isn't somebody still in space (laughs) 
Uh, yeah. I mean, there's someone still in space and there's also like, I mean, we'll, we'll cover it for sure. Yeah. But yeah, it, it just sucks um, all around, but like, you know, we talk about it every week, like while we're reading these issues, like, you know, they had such big plans and, you know, like the, they were so cool back then. And yeah, just kind of. Yeah. Life kinda at best there. is bittersweet. Um, so what was nice was uh, Jim Lawson's wife, uh, Kathy, has been on some of the posts I made today. Um, just kind of, you know, confirming like, hey, like, you know, it does suck. Like when we when we found out that we're going to be shut down and uh, Jim's going to be going to the office every day still until until the doors close. Awesome. So. Uh, it's very yeah. cool for her to respond to us. That was, yeah, that was that was really cool. So, Kathy, uh, thank you um, for that. Thank you for correcting me earlier, too, because I was uh, I did say something wrong. I, I said that you couldn't go tour Mirage um, because it was closed already. Uh, I was thinking of the house, <laughs> not the actual <laughs> office building. Yeah. Cool, cool. So I guess, uh, Spencer, didn't you say you ordered uh, Planet, Planet Racers recently? I did. You got it right under the radar, man. Yeah, I, me too. Me I too. was like this close to pulling the trigger. I saw it today. I was like, man, uh, uh, FOMO, fear of missing out. Strong with me now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, the thing is, is I still don't, I still don't have it. Cause I've, I've recently moved and I did a change of address, but we're still not getting any of our mail. So I'm hoping that I finally get them. Yeah. You just but, go down to the post office and shake the dude till uh, he gives you your comics. Uh, that's probably what I'm going to have to do. I keep calling them, but like they, they never answer. So I'm going to have to go shake up someone. Go post. Knock on, knock on wood. It arrives soon. All right. Well, with that downer, uh, Spencer, what are we doing next week? <laughs> well, I mean, first off, before we do go on to what we're talking about next week, I do just want to, you know, I mean, maybe there was no fanfare from Mirage, but I would just like to give a big thank you to Mirage Studios for creating all of this and creating these comics. Cause yeah, like I, I love them and I love Ninja Turtles. And, yeah. Uh, like we, we wouldn't be here without Mirage comics. Like, it it it's it's bittersweet but like we you know we think about it like you know i'm reading a lot of these issues for the first time and i'm, and I'm like you know there, there was magic here mm-hmm. like with with mirage so mm-hmm. and not only that but like you know they are definitely the ones that are behind a lot of the designs for the toys that you know people grew up buying and everything in the 87 you know from the 87 series you know they're the ones that were there to create the movies and you know to you know, granted, they may not have always been based off of everything that Kevin and Peter wrote. They were definitely behind in talking with and in talks with these people a lot and we had a big influence on it. And so like Mirage created all of that. Uh, well, and then going forward to 2003 and yeah, 2007 movie, you know, they were involved in that too. So yeah, no, like Peter Laird straight up like spoke with the people, the 2003 series. And that's what I grew up watching. Mm-hmm. And loved. So it's, you know, it's a big part of, a lot of our uh, was, you know they're the ones that created ninja turtles and i just want to give a last thank you yeah to them because that's it's amazing but anyway Couldn't have said it better couldn't have said it better yeah i feel like i was kind of at a loss for words at the end there but <laughs> thank you. i won't even try to say better <laughs> but uh yeah so next week uh 
we'll be wrapping up volume one. Uh, like I said, at the same time as the studio's winding down. So that's going to be issues 60, 61, and 62. Uh, it's going to be the parts 11, 12, and 13. I mean, uh, it will issues 11, 12. I mean, yeah, parts 11, 12. And 12. Parts. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to get confused no matter what on those. <laughs> <laughs> You'll them. get it. You'll get it next week. I, I believe in you. That's, that's wild that we've read through all of, or most all of, volume one that's crazy it's been a good time uh so uh yeah guys sorry to end on such a downer note but uh well if you like the show and if you love mirage give us a thumbs up on whatever podcasting app that you're listening to leave a review because we'd really appreciate it uh reach out to us on any of the socials what's your favorite mirage memory um clint i know you're listening so i want to hear what you have to say um about about this sad news um but yeah, hit us up on any of the socials at Ninja Turtle PH on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, and guys, yeah, we love you. All right, so that's our show this week. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, cowabunga dudes. Cowabunga. Thank you, Mirage Comics. <laughs>Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I definitely was you not know, realizing what I was saying there for a little bit. I kind of, I kind of lost. Yeah, it's okay. You said I'm good. Don't worry about it. Yeah, and fine. you have the the magic of editing on your side, which yeah, I do. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> I suck at editing, and I'm too lazy to be good at it. So, <laughs> I personally, I've always found less editing is more. Like I, have, I realized that with my other podcast. That like the more I edit it, the more it sounds forced and fake. You know. What's the end? It becomes. Yes. Oh. oh. So, sorry. I meant to tell you one thing that sucked. Uh, one last thing that sucked. <laughs> um, so the Super 7 Wave 3 figures, uh, I pre-ordered them at my comic book shop. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, I, I pre-ordered Waves 2 and 3 there. And so Wave 2 never came in. So I, so I bought them through Big Bad Toy Store. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just assumed that wave three would not come in either. So I pre-ordered, you know, big bad toy store. So I've got, uh, them at big bad toy store. I get a text from my store. They're like, Hey, we got these turtles figures for you. And it's wave three. And I think wave two is in the background. Mm. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. You either die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain. So now, Mike, you're a scalper. Congratulations.
Well, thankfully, uh, my friend that I trade action figures with, he already said that he wanted them. Oh, okay. Perfect. So he, uh, I did have to tell him like today, I was like, Hey, uh, due to my car issues, I'm going to have to have you pay me for them instead of just trading like normal. (laughs) So yeah, just thought that was a funny story. (laughs) All right. Take care. Bye, guys. Actually, get off here now. Take care. Bye. Bye.